Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. NFL Week 8 is upon us, and we break down the ugliest slate of games that the NFL has served up to us to this point in the season, in my opinion. There is some hot, hot garbage on this card, most notably in the primetime slots. I thought real hard, man. Really? You're really selling it. (laughs) Well, they deserve some freaking pressure because guess what? They're going up against the NBA. They're going up against the World Series. You're going to serve us this trash and expect us to tune in and watch when there's other better things going on? Get out of here. Like, this is awful. Like, you got to be joking with the NFL. Do a better job. Let's Um, do a quick, let's do a quick dive into that. Okay. I think when they made the schedule, they probably thought Atlanta would be good. They probably thought the Chargers and the Bears would be fighting for division, the respective divisions. I think they probably thought Cleveland was going to be a good matchup for New England. And maybe that we'd get Rodgers and Mahomes. So, I mean, when you make the schedule 6, 8, 10, I don't even know how long ago the schedule actually gets made behind the scenes there in Roger World, but there was going to be some good games. That said, we we don't. And the primetime games are gross. It, that's a theme of the season. You're right, actually. There are a bunch of matchups that look like they they were being too clever here by half. Putting uh yeah some revenge games some coaching familiarity matchups some they 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 sprinkled some narratives up and down this board, um, but the way it shook out uh, a lot of games that just were brutal here and you know last you know last week a bunch of reads that I had especially on sides notably Eagles Jets and um, you know kind of thinking the Patriots were primed to be sold high on uh, you know all of that stuff went so sideways on. I thought like, oh man, this, this primetime card, this card overall, like maybe I'll go on by this week, but, um, but no, here, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I have some thoughts. I have some takes. I think we should dive into this card. Um, and, uh, yeah, last week ended with a uh, plane crash. Uh, I think, um, this week starts with a train wreck. Uh, and that train wreck is in Washington. (laughs) I thought of that on the spot. That's good. Uh, I was, yeah, it, it, uh, this, uh, this, this, uh, train wreck of, uh, of what's going on with the, uh, Washington DC professional football franchise does not look to be righted, uh, this week as they head to Minneapolis, Minnesota to take on your Vikings and their former quarterback and Kirk cousins. Um, actually we got a, we got a, we got a little, uh, quarterback switcheroo here. Yeah. With uh, Case Keenum <laughs> coming cool. home, switch switch your room here with Case Keenum coming home to the great state of Minnesota, land of ten thousand lakes, and uh, Adrian Peterson's coming with him. What do you know? Some familiar faces will be taking the field uh, against the uh, against the purple people eaters. Um, what is? You, I'll give you first crack at this game. I did not bet it. I think these lines are fine. If there's any look, it's an under, and it's the second half under. Where where are you going on this? Yeah, and I had to think about that. But, yeah, I went and popped it up quick on the computer. They did play two years ago when Keenum was at the helm in Minnesota. And Keenum obviously got the better of that game, but it was a high-scoring game. That was a 
boy, Latavius Murray was on that team. If you can guess the leading rusher for the Redskins, I'll uh, I'll buy you tickets to that game. Oh, really? Uh, really. The the leading rusher. Okay, set that up for me again because I'm I'm buying. This is 2017. Yeah. The leading rusher for the Redskins that day, and how many yards he had? (laughs) Oh, now you're getting tough. I'm getting tricky. Um, Okay, it was. I'll go Chris Thompson and uh, 46. You were high on both. It was Samaj Perine. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. P Ryan. That was a 38 30 game. I don't think we get to those levels this year. I was on the over that day. Steam. There's been some steam to the over, and I feel like I might be coming back on this one. Mm. I have not Mm. 100% made this bet, but I am really talking myself into an under here. It is up to a 42 painted across the board. I think that might be a touch high. And my Canadian slash Colombian friend, Mr. Chernoff, turned me on to some stats that I've been playing around with all afternoon as far as you know, game state stuff. If anybody listens to his podcast, he's big into that. And it's interesting, too, as far as how teams sequence their plays or uh, you know what percentage of pass-run splits they're doing depending on what kind of game state they're in. And Minnesota is the run-heaviest team when they are up by eight or more which is, you know, over a, a one-score game. Yeah, this I remember. We, we watched the uh, spread, we watched yeah. the Falcons game. I remember. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> this is a big spread. They're at home. They're planning on winning. You know, just it's a low total big spread. And I feel like it is like, going to be that game. You've got Washington, who's already decided with the new interim head coach, they're a running team. They're going to run heavy. It doesn't matter what the score is, apparently. That was an ugly game. Obviously, I think they'll have a little more offense than they did. It's not going to be that wet in the indoor, you know, the indoor. Uh, no, probably not at all, and, actually. Yeah. No, it, it'll be pretty dry up there in Minneapolis. But <clears throat> I think that's kind of my, uh, my game script. Minnesota gets out ahead early. Gosh, maybe it's uh, the way that offense has looked. Maybe the, t- the and getting too cute by half. Live under. When Minnesota's up fourteen nothing in the first half, and the unders up to like forty nine point five, that's and not too cute at all. That's that might like, not that be is, too cute at all. That is the that is uh, what our uh, um, our uh, our buddy bye weeks picks uh, made a pretty prescient tweet after it was what twenty four nothing in that uh, Pats Jets game, and the yes. total was sitting at fifty three and a half. And he was like, "Now's the time." And I was yep. like, you know what? I have over four forty three and a half here. Now is the time because this is about to. This game is about to uh, turn into a crawl. And lo and behold, they ended up with what thirty three points total. So, yeah, it's uh, that that does smell like the right approach here. I don't think that Washington has much hope of accruing more than a couple of garbage time points here. And we're seeing a pretty clear trend where, you know, once you're down a couple touchdowns, like fuck field goals. Like we're going for the, you know, we're going for a touchdown to try to get back into the game here. It's, it's widely known now, you know, you're not, you're not just uh, trying to chip away at some of these leads when you get way down. Um, so yeah, that's uh, and going up against a defense like Minnesota, that's so good on late downs, long down, dis- down and distance. Like this is uh, this has the potential to be um, pretty one-sided in favor yeah. of advice. <clears throat> it's the next game. So we'll get to him, but I, I don't want to confuse the Washington offense with the Detroit offense. 
It's not, I don't think it's going to look like that. They don't have the receivers and they don't have the quarterback. No. I was actually super impressed with Detroit. Detroit is kind of a a sneaky good offense despite the record. And we'll get to that when we get to the next game. Yep. Yeah, a live uh, under, second half unders, full game unders, any under, under full time. It might be a first half over, full game under kind of game where it's, it's, you know, 21 to three. And the game yeah. ends up like 31. 27-10. Yeah, 31-6, 31-10. Yep. That checks out to me, man. That checks out to me. Uh, if they do go heavy dose of Dalvin Cook down the stretch, does Washington's defense, like, do they yield that? Do they give that's it up? The, that's the only problem with Minnesota. While they do go very, very run heavy when they are <laughs> leading, they're also pretty good at it. So, yeah. <laughs> that that is the only problem as far as uh you know continuing to score but hopefully they're longer drives or the clock runs what does it feel like a long time ago that uh Thielen and Diggs were leading a mutiny that is a point we just <laughs> missed on adam Thielen is out if there's ever been a reason to go a little more run heavy it is missing one of your star receivers they're not deep out you know two decent tight ends two superstar receivers but third receiver they're not super deep so it might be a, a little more run attack for Minnesota this uh, this Thursday. I dig that. I dig all that. Dig Still it. not playing it, but yeah, second half or live under sounds good to me. That's um, right. I think I think it is. St- it's going to stay off the card, and I'm looking for that live under. I agree with you. Why did it go up? The hell did it go up for? Some money came in at Pinnacle three six five. Heavy heavy Canadian money. <laughs> okay, some loonies. You got some yeah, loonies, loonies on there. Loonies, toonies. <laughs> oh, what are we starting with? Noon in Motown, where Daniel Dimes is, is kind of taking the Sam Darnold trajectory from last year. Or, yeah, oh, yeah, that's, this a guy's good good. Call. that's a good call indeed. That, that just popped into my head. Plus, he's a New York quarterback. Yeah. He has fallen from grace quickly. I don't think people are like calling for Eli to come back, but. It is a it is a growing curve, you know, the learning curve, growing pains, all that jazz. He's looked a little rough under pressure. He's rough. He's making bad decisions. He's throwing some inaccurate passes. They do have their running back back. It's still not a great team. This total is probably about where it needs to be. And then, like I said, Detroit has looked very good offensively. I don't know if Stafford is just not dinged up. He's one of those guys that's always has so many minor to medium injuries that he's always carrying that he's always kind of banged up. I don't know if like a healthy Stafford is this is where you're going to get out of him, but he's sneakily having a pretty good year. There's some decent receivers up there and the New York Giants secondary is shitty. This Mm. is six and a half at heritage right now. And it's tempting. There's, Detroit team totals tempting. This, I think, I think maybe even the over is tempting, except for the fact that the New York offense has looked pretty gross the last few weeks. What say you? Yeah, <laughs> this. You know what kept me off this game because uh, I agree with all of your points, top to bottom there, and I can't take an over in a game that you know is has, features uh, a quarterback, a rookie quarterback losing confidence on the road. Um, even though there is the, the beginning whiffs of a Detroit quit in the air, um, moving Diggs, who is a very, very good player, 
uh, and having your having your kind of defensive leaders who are in the locker room tweeting out WTF the you know like what is going on here and having them be like you know what I'm feeling kind of injured I might take this week off and you know and then all of this kind of manifesting in you know at the same time of you're getting healthy pieces back for the Giants on offense like it sets up for Giants to score which would lean to a game state over because the lions just lost their running back and that was the only thing holding them back from being an effective offense was that they were running the ball too damn much in an ineffective way and as soon as he was out all of a sudden you know they have the ability to kind of let stafford do his thing and he's playing at a level that's clearly top 10 in the nfl right now so they kind of back their way accidentally into plus ev offense um which you know so you know all of this said this should be an overlook it's a little high though just given that uh Daniel Dimes is uh, is really unimpressed the last several weeks, and um, you know, and and in particular, the way he's unimpressing would make me think that that coaching staff is going to try to coddle him a little bit. They're going to try to lean pretty heavily on uh, you know a limited injured uh, sack Barkley. Like this is a uh, this is not a spot I want to get in bed with expecting the Giants to get to twenty. Um, so yeah, maybe Lions team total over is the look. Lion, yeah, it it'll be short of thirty, but you know be what? it'll be between twenty eight and thirty, depending you, where you look. And we got that that's the, that might that's not the be angle. the worst thing. Yeah, that's the that, angle. Of course it is. The Giants defense is trash. I was super super disappointed in how poorly they played last week. Uh, any any type of if they if the Giants are frisky in this one, they're not going to be able to play keep away. Uh, and uh, the Lions are going to be able to throw their way back into this if they're down, and if they are dominating, uh, it's going to be because they're scoring points, yeah. not because their defense shows out. So yeah, this is a Lions team total overlook. I think. And, you yeah, know as as we talked about a couple things. First off, good call on talking about the trade. Let's not miss any more of those. I'm pointing. <laughs> I'm pointing at my microphone right now. Let's not miss any more of those because there are a few more. And we'll get to those as we go through. But that that's a good call as far as the, where the locker room's at. But I still like the offense enough here. Um, yeah. A good stat I found, Stafford leads the league in average depth of target across his attempts, 11.3 yards on average. He's been yeah. aggressive. He's going downfield with it. The opposite of what we want to see in this Minnesota game where we're seeing big chunks of yards in short amounts of time. I think the Lions are live to score 30, 35 points. Yeah. It's definitely an angle I'll be looking at for the weekend. Characteristic of a Daryl Bevel offense. Throw the ball deep and run your shitty running back into into the you know a stacked box. So yeah, they are who we thought they were. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about Tennessee, uh, Tampa Bay. A game where I played the over. And I would like your thoughts on this because we haven't talked it out. Um, I had queued Tampa Bay money line because I hate Tennessee. Um, they stink. I hate their coaching staff. I hate their personnel. I hate the franchise um, because they can, they, I lose uh, whenever I play a game that Tennessee is involved in, it feels like. And so this is a personal thing at this point. Um, but going through the, the way that they performed against the Chargers, it was pretty clear to me that Tannehill is an enormous upgrade from Mariota. He can actually throw the ball down the field. And, oh, lo and behold, they have wide receivers in Tennessee. Can you believe this? It turns out there are two wide receivers on the Tennessee Titans. Brown and uh, Davis are kind of good. And so now we have 
this quandary where is Art Smith going to pull his head out of his ass and utilize the tools that are working? And wouldn't you know it, you're going up against the Tampa Bay team that is a freaking pass funnel. This is a, this is a DFS term for those of you who aren't familiar. Yeah, funnel, uh, funnel's Tampa a fun Bay. one. It's really all over this year. Everybody's saying funnel. Oh, I love it. I love funnel. I yes. love it. It's, a fa- it's, it's one of my favorite new ones. Um, and yeah, so Tampa Bay, pass funnel, which means if you are if you are a, a, a offensive coordinator with an IQ above, you know, above replacement level, then you look at this Tampa Bay defense and you say, okay, we are going to go with a pass heavy scheme. Uh, Tannehill did relatively well last week against a tougher coverage unit than we're going to face this week. And we're going to let him throw. And we're going to take a lead and we're going to win this game and we're going to score some points. And then we're going to put the onus on Jameis Winston to do what he had to do against Carolina, which was come back and make poor decisions and rush things and force things. And we're going to force them to uh, into turnovers and short fields for us. And this is all going to work out well. That is, that is one possible outcome here. The other possible outcome is, okay, no, we're going to do what we, we need to establish the run. If we're going to win this game, we're going to run Derrick Henry into a very, very good front seven for Tampa Bay, who, who is extremely effective at stopping the run. And we're going to squander drives. We're going to squander possessions and we're not going to do well. And then we're going to give the ball to Tampa Bay and they're going to throw it all over us because they have deep, they have receiver, you know, dynamic set of receivers that can catch the ball and, and uh, create yards after catch and get separation 40 yards down the field and they have a quarterback who can sling it and so in that scenario tampa bay is playing from ahead and they're scoring points and tennessee has to change their decision making and and start passing and i believe they will have success so really there's two scenarios play out here where i think both teams put points on the board uh i am hopeful that it's the less stressful of those and that tennessee comes into this game with a with a strong approach offensively and puts pressure on Tampa Bay. But either way, this is a, this is a nice overlook at a low total of 45 and a half. Surprised this went down from 46 and a half. Surprised that the line's been bouncing around. You know, there's been some Tennessee money. There's been some Tampa Bay money. And I think Tennessee money is going to close this at three. But I don't have strong confidence in that and i can't really tell you which of those two scenarios a or b is more likely so i can't take a side here you got any thoughts on this yeah i think maybe the movement is some uncertainty and i don't know how much how much does the pff premium cost what's it like 60 70 bucks well, I, do, I don't remember. Anyway, I'm I'm on the PF. So I want to make a compare in the amount in the two minutes you, you know. Yeah. Oh, this is true. In the in the amount of time you were jabbering there, I got on PF <laughs> premium. And it, it, I mean, just this is not the gospel. We've been over this. There's a million ways to look at this, but I think if, if I go to other sites and look at other metrics, I'm going to find similar things. Tampa Bay against the rush, number six. Tampa Gay. Tampa Gay. Jeez, terrible. <laughs> 2019, Andy. Let Tampa Bay love who they want. Tampa Bay against the pass, 27th. Pass rush, like 23rd. Coverage. I mean, just everything. Tackling, shitty. But they are a good rush defense. Like, in in a minute here, I've found stats showing there's repeated, repeatable grades showing they're a great rush defense who can be torched in the secondary if you throw the ball enough. And it'll really break my heart to see you lose this bet because they do, <laughs> if they decide to just run it, okay, man, we got Derrick Henry though. Uh, oh, yeah, because I can totally see that. That's what scared me off this game because Art Smith is sketchy, but 
like you said, Ryan Tannehill looked a little better than uh, Mariota. He sure did. Um, and I stat another thing I think I found on PFF. I wrote down like Corey Davis. Yeah, he hasn't had he hasn't had much to do. He hasn't done a whole lot, and then he broke out six receptions, eighty yards, a touchdown. And yeah, he's kind he of can, good. He is kind of good. He he had some nice games last year. He just needs to get the ball. So if Tannehill and him have a, a nice connection, definitely see some points out of them. I would uh, I'd lean there, but I'm not laying those points. Yeah, we agree. Okay, uh, should I have just taken Tampa Bay team total over? I mean, like I don't have respect for the Tennessee defense to stop them. Yeah, I I think you I think you made the right choice as far as okay. all the all the uncertainty. Like both teams, it would take both teams absolutely bottling the offensive game plan for this to stay under. I think it's a nice look. Okay. Well. Oh, this is one of those games that we said in the early uh, early part of the pod. This is supposed to be on paper. On paper. <laughs> Preseason. This yeah. was – I mean, it's not like the Chargers were favored to win their division, but granted, they're in KC's division. They were favored to make the playoffs. They were supposed to be, you know, a higher echelon team in the AFC. The Bears were favored to win the NFC North. Things have not gone according to plan. This game is gross. I definitely won't be getting involved here. Like, everything in your body says take the Chargers because just the way Mitch has looked. But with the injuries and the play calling and – Everything that just seems to go wrong with the Chargers, I'm not. I'm not comfortable betting them. Even, even you know, this is a home away from home game. Is all their road games are. I yeah. I I have nothing here. I have no angle that I can attack. These teams have been, you know, just disappointing. I guess in in all aspects of the game. Yeah, this like, is a bummer have, bowl. They, it is a bummer bowl. They haven't even been fun to watch. Like if you're a fan of these teams. It's been a really sad, sad state because how um, I think both teams won twelve games last year. That's true. That's true. Both neither they team might not win twelve between them this year. This is ugly. Oh my gosh, you're right. And they, they can't seem to figure out that. I mean, just the Bears can't figure out that Trubisky is limited, and they need to plan the offense around a limited quarterback. They're making him do more than he should. He's terrible under pressure, and then the Chargers can't figure out that Austin Eckler is not only your best running back, but he's like your second best receiver. Yeah. <laughs> They're not using it. I mean, he's getting a ton of usage. They're not using him enough. Melvin Gordon kind of sucks. Yeah. I'm, this is probably Melvin Gordon breakout week <clears throat> now that I said that, but well, this is the thing is, is that the, the Chargers coaching staff is determined to use him. They're yeah. determined to force it. And this is a get right spot for me for Chicago defense. Uh, another offensive lineman goes on IR for the Chargers. Supposedly, Russell Okun will be back, but who knows if he'll be in game shape. This is not a spot where I expect there to be meaningful points scored by either team. Uh, and I'm looking for, um, you know, first team to 20 wins. Um, maybe first team. You know, so one of these two teams could, you know, land at around 13, 14 points here. Um, I took an under. Don't feel great about it. Um, I did get a better number than it's currently available, so that's good. Uh, but it's going to be an ugly game, and honestly, like I want to take, um, I want to take Nagy's word for it. I want to, I want to, I want to believe him. 
He said, I'm not an idiot. I, I'm going to run the ball. Uh, you know, we need, we know we need to, I'm going to do it. I, I will take his word at that, that he is going to run the ball. I don't think that's going to work. Uh, I don't think they're going to sustain drives that way. Uh, they just have limitations all across their offense, the way that this thing is being coordinated. And um, I don't know. I think this is an under, it's, again, I don't feel great about it, but uh, it, I would love to see Chicago defense step up and, you know, the, the D line just have a day and uh, you know, Sad for the Chargers. They have more losses already this year than they did last year. Tinfoil hat conspiracy theory time that oh, I would like good. your feedback on. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> is there any reason to suspect that Nagy is setting up Trubisky to fail? Like he knows that he needs to, to move on. He knows he needs to prove to management who traded up for this guy who's going to be super embarrassed if they have to move on from him. He needs to prove it to them beyond a reasonable doubt that they need to move on from him. No, that's crazy talk. I don't, and I don't <laughs> think he needs to. Like, I, I guess I say, like, you need to game plan. You need to call plays for Mitch that he can make, but. I mean, that really limits your offense. Maybe you can't do that. Maybe maybe he isn't – nobody's going to sabotage a, a person like that. I don't think. That would be awful. I'd feel terrible. But I think he's at the point where he's like, this is what we have to get done. And if he can't do it, we're still going to try anyway. Because the op, the other option is also – it's just a different way to lose games. Like, yeah. If you have two different ways, both are, both are losing games, you take the one that – makes you look like you're not a coward and an idiot and just kind of packing it in and say, well, I guess we'll, we'll run, run, and then try to throw in third and eight with a guy who can't make a, can't make an accurate pass and punt. Any chance there's a second, any chance there's a second straight game at soldier field that there's just all kinds of points scored. I mean, like what's the risk in the under here? It's just a low number. Uh, The risk would probably be turnovers, kind of turnover heavy teams, aren't they? I know the um, Chargers are. Yeah, the, the Bears have been, even without, you know, without the success on the scoreboard and, uh, you know, and the, in the record columns there, in the win columns, they're still getting a decent amount of turnovers. Mm-hmm. Like the, it's, not, it's not close to last year where they had like 27 uh, picks, but they're still, the Bears are plus four in turnovers right now. Like that's mm. that's high. That's pretty high. It's not New England Patriots plus fourteen. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Okay, Charger, well, and the Chargers are minus four. Yeah, I guess the Bears are going to win. Yeah, well, some people out there like the Chargers, and I get it. Their offensive weapons are superior. Their quarterback is more capable. But with the offensive line in flux, and with the coaching staff insisting to run the ball, I think this is a short game. And I think it's an underlook. Um, yeah, and, and normally I would say like <clears throat> take maybe think about taking the money line, <laughs> but with the with the Chargers, take all the points you can get because they they will find a way to miss a field goal to win the game at the end or something like this. You yeah, you want to know something real funny real quick? Um, you know how we go on and on and on about it doesn't matter to sell the points in uh, in the NBA. And uh, I went, I think there was one game where it mattered for me in uh, like out of the first four months last season or not, I'm exaggerating. It was like two, two or three months. And I think I had one or two examples where the the selling the hook mattered. Uh, It got me on, on uh, tonight. (laughs) 
in the, in the uh, uh, Magic game. If I had just taken the standard line at 10 instead of selling to 9, uh, I would have been a winner. So good job by me. Um, anyway, the um, – It's a long season. It's a long season. It is. Uh, the, it's just it's funny, though, after all saying all of that and all of that long conversation we had today. That is, that is a good point. I want to I want to because I didn't have a great week. I think it was like two and four last week. Some ugly ones. But I did want to uh, kind of maybe maybe not for me, but for the process, like our process of trying to identify things early that we think we like before they move. I did grab the Jacksonville under. That was one where it landed on 44. That did. It it did. Oh yeah. It did. It it closed. I think 44, 44 and a half, depending wherever. Yeah. But I got an under 46. It landed 44. There were 43s on the board for a couple, a couple whiles there. Yeah. You could have middled their asses. It felt it felt good to actually grab a number and have it matter. Yeah, that's nice when you it does pay off once in a while. That's a good point. Um, moving to Atlanta, uh, and we'll give this one just a briefest touch because we're not seeing lines up there. My expectation here is that it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is. You're probably going to see Seattle favored by a touchdown. It's probably going to get bet out to a touchdown and a half. And I would expect that uh, Russell Wilson and company kind of dictate the entirety of this game that they bounce back and get back in the win column and that because you have um a lame duck coach in you know who is waiting for his pink slip um at the conclusion of this game who is dan quinn who is a former acolyte of pete carroll there is potential that pete carroll will take it a little easy on dan quinn here um that is keeping me from really frothing at the mouth here to back the seahawks that is keeping me from frothing at the mouth here to back the over um i have a very sincere likelihood that this is a second half under beauty here because Seattle is going to be in clear control of this game at halftime and they're going to try to run out the clock not to embarrass Quinn on his way out the door uh any of that not check out with you yeah I I want it to be Matt Ryan because uh, then I'll bet an over <laughs> oh okay like you think it matters I think it'll be a little more competitive I mean this uh, is the uh, kind who, of game where who, Seattle's who, defense finally looks good because Julio, Julio pumped people up. He had, he okay. had the locker room speech. He got everyone jacked. He's, he's trying to rally behind Quinn. I feel oh, like see, they, I didn't. I didn't see that. Yeah, who, I feel like they might. I mean, it's at home, isn't it? Yeah. They they got to do something at home here. I'm not. I would never lay the points. I still actually. I want it to be Matt Ryan, so the spread isn't so big. So I can take Seattle team total over, like I've been yeah. postulating, postulating, pos whatever the word Post- is, postulating, postulating. No, what when you're up like giving a sermon, there's a word for that. Oh, oh, uh, pontificating, pontificating. There we go. You <coughs> learn some vocab, but yeah. Otherwise, that's a, that's a ten dollar word. That is a ten dollar word. Otherwise, yes. Let's let's put a bow on that one for now. We'll tweet about it or talk about it Thursday at the halftime okay. if we know any more about the quarterback situation. Which takes us not far from the butthole-looking stadium (laughs) down to Duval County where the Jets are coming off a a football game they played, I guess. That was was really something. And we we wanted to back the Jets here. I still am tempted, but man, oh, man. What do we do with this? What do we do? 
this is probably a hard pass. This is the Jets season. The Jets will have to, I mean, you shut it down after this. Like, you do. You're done after this. They have to. They have to get this done. They are capable of getting it done against a team like Jacksonville, even on the road. If there's a bunch of public money that comes in on Jacksonville over the weekend and it gets to seven, I might be the asshole who bets on the Jets two weeks in a row. Oh, man. Really? Other other than that, yeah. I mean, what, what do you have for this one? I took the under. Um, I, I can respect that. So we know that uh, the Jags are poor in the red zone. Um, the Jags, that that under that you got for them last week, that was a no doubter. Like even though it landed at forty four, there were some weird, weird blown up scores that got it there. Um, I don't think the Jags can be counted on to score touchdowns in this game. I think that they and and honestly, like I. The only thing I can tell you that I have respect for the Jets, it's not their coaching. It's not their quarterback play. It's not the lifelessness of the offense overall. Um, it was that the defense didn't really quit against that Patriots team. Even down multiple, you know, four scores, they were tackling hard. They were containing well. They were trying to create turnovers, trying to, you know, knock away passes. And, you know, their D coordinator did them no favors the way he called the defense. But, they were playing hard and I like the, I'd like just like the fight and the spirit there. Um, and I'd like them to kind of be the dictating unit that kind of brings them back in this game. I love that they can stop the run now. Quinn and Williams back and healthy. Um, I love that uh, Jags are still leaning on Leonard Fournette, who I don't find to be particularly effective, useful NFL player. Um, that's a matchup, which I think, you know, creates lots of punts in this game. Um, I think this is a field position field field position battle, a field goal wins it either way. Um, unlikely to see more than a handful of touchdowns, if any. Um, under was under was a no doubter once I kind of put the pieces together of how this game is likely to play out. And the fact that Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts. Uh, I think if you're Adam Gase, you do not ask him to go out there and sling it. I don't think you can afford to. <laughs> I think you have you to gotta build really, some confidence. You really have to put together a game plan that gives this guy confidence where he does not turn the ball over. Um, and you know, and granted, uh, with the way that he was treated by the media this week, the way that that uh, that that clip was been circulated broadly, um, I think in any third and eight scenario with tight coverage from the Jags, who have a very good coverage unit, he's throwing that ball out of bounds. Um, this has a real, real, real whiffs of. Uh, like one of the lower scoring games we see all season. I legitimately think that. And um, I'm happy under 41 and a half here. Really happy, actually. Yeah, that's probably the look. It does feel like Jacksonville cannot punch it in. And yeah. even if they do punch in a couple, this is, boy, this is going to be another bad game. You maybe, yeah. you know, I, I said you sold it like you weren't selling this, listening to the podcast. Talking about how <laughs> well, the podcast is going to be funny no, and podcast no matter fire, how shitty the fuck. Yeah, is. we could be talking with the Washington Generals. <laughs> yeah, we could be doing sport. an NBA podcast and it would be fun. Um, no, the uh, the in, the Gardner Minshew teaser rolls on. Oh yeah, you're doing it. I you're firing to. it. You're firing. Yeah, I'm going to. You're firing. That's it? where I would. Yeah, it's going to. I guess it's going to be Jacksonville plus one. You so think they win? Jets by one, I guess. 
I don't know. It doesn't matter. I told, I said I'd do it. I'm Ties win. Yeah, you're right. Jets Ties win. Oh, you know what? You know what? It's here's your game state. It's nine three. There are two <laughs> minutes. There are two minutes left. Jags are up nine three. There are two minutes left in the game. Sam Darnold, they put the ball in his hands and they say, drive down the field, young man. Get us a touchdown. Turn the season around for us. He hits Robbie Anderson, 20 yards out. Jets win 10 9. That does it for you. Jizzing in the book size. <laughs> I could live with that. <laughs> All oh, right. the Robbie Anderson throwback. Robbie joke. Anderson just throwback. Outstanding. Not, he said just nutting him. Nutting him. Yeah, nutting him, right? Nutting right in the book size. Ah, oh, that is good. Um, okay. Uh, let's talk about uh, another Ooh, this is one last this is one. Another last stand, We have a hard right? agreement, consensus yeah. lock. These are 19 and all. This is right. And this is kind of a theme. Am I going or are you going? I'm going, right? Yeah. No, so you, the you um, lead, lead this in, is lead, lead this is this is the overall arching theme of the week for the week eight card, as far as I can tell you. Like this is like the like if you have some angles that are not working out well, you have a very difficult time as a handicapper about what you know, is my was my read poor, uh, or do I need you know, or was it just like it just wasn't the right time? Like there was something else about the game that that affected it that I didn't see coming that completely changed the way it played out. And do I need to completely walk away from this take, this angle, this this position, uh, or is this the time that it finally catches in? Because it can really mess with your mind if you are like playing like, no, this team is better than people think. I'm playing them. This team is better than people think. I'm playing them, and it loses and loses, and then you don't play it and then lo and behold they go out and they put together a complete performance they prove you right all along but you didn't have a bet on it and that that will mess with you you've been there before andy right i've been there many a time (laughs) yes and so the last stand here for the philadelphia eagles and the deep dive podcast hosts i think is in buffalo new york where they are on the road for the third straight week and i like I, I was like, I don't think I have the stomach for it. I don't think I have the stomach for it. And then I, next thing I know, I had submitted a ticket for the money line on the Eagles. And I was like, this is it. Um, they're a better team than their record shows. They're a better team than the statistics bear out. They're a more talented roster than than the Bills by gobs. And the Bills are completely overinflated on their record. They are not playing anywhere close to the level that is suggested by, uh, you know, by their five one record through seven weeks uh this is the sell high spot on the bills this is the buy low spot on the eagles that happens in the same game uh perfect scenario here to back the eagles on cheap you know, plus plus money money line when they um you know are playing for their season do you factor in any motivational angle here for the eagles or do you think this is a straight up they're a better team they have better players they get the win whether or not they care more can it be both yeah i do think we can it is both, and it is their better team. Shats, is it? Sh- yeah, sh- I can't remember the. Maybe Perloff. One of one of the Aaron, Aaron Shats. Aaron Shats. One of the guys from uh, Football Outsiders had the tweet about um, guess where the Bills rank against all other five and one teams ever in DVOA, and yeah. it was worst of all time. They got their, you know, they got their hineys handed to them by. Everybody has. I mean, the Patriots beat everybody. They beat them bad. That's what happens. You're going to lose to the Patriots. I get that. But all the other wins, they weren't really – I mean, they weren't really impressive. The numbers flesh that out. Josh Allen and a good defense. I mean, that's what we've seen so far. 
I think Philly is a better team. This number should be closer to a pick and I'm on it with you. What did you grab? I feel like it's getting better. I haven't even met uh, this yet. Plus I, 125. Well, you, got you, a, you got a hell of a number. I didn't bet it yet. I'm seeing a 118 at Bookmaker. Uh, yeah, you gotta go low vig. Uh, you're probably gonna. Go it's probably vague. it's probably plus one twenty five at low vig right now. I'll go check um, on low vig, but yeah, I'm betting this. <clears throat> yeah, it's a stupid handicap, I guess. If you want to call it stupid, they're a better team. The Bills aren't as good as the record shows. They have a great defense, but I don't think that offense is going to get it done, even against a beleaguered secondary. Yep. Josh Allen, he has a hell of an arm, but it's not all that accurate. I don't think they can beat him super deep. And I think Philly gets this done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We agree. Um, God, I want them to get it together. I, I, I feel like we, we have Philly insiders that we talk to. And I feel like a lot of the stuff that was leaking this week and the backs, you know, the, the, the palace intrigue and the players aren't happy. I feel like that's a couple weeks old. Um, so I'm not really thinking that this team is not in the right mindset. And I want to hang their Dallas lost. Mostly on just Dallas came out and put their entire fortunes of their season on the line and played a superlative game at all three phases. Like that happens. Like there's, they were motivationally up and Philly was thought that they were good enough to go in there and get a win playing their average game. And they were not. Um, so that I, I want to hang more of that on Dallas's performance than I really do want to bury the Eagles. And, you know, of course, like, yeah, it's easy to get up if you're Dallas and you're playing with your hair on fire and you come up with a couple cheap turnovers early and you get a couple touchdowns off of that and then you can play ahead, right? Like that was that was not um, indicative of the the actual you know true performance of this Eagles team. Our friend Turnoff, of course, says this the Eagles' performance level was as low as they could play to at this current time, you know, given their skill, and so they're at their bottom right now, their local bottom of of what they could be. Um, performing on a week in, week out, and so nowhere to go but up. Um, that said, it's still a tough spot. It's still going to be, I'm going to be nervous until final whistle. Buffalo is putting wins together in wild ways, and they have a good defense. And there's no matchup that I especially love in this one, other than I don't like Josh Allen as a quarterback, and I don't think he can take advantage of Philly's major weaknesses. So, Philly money line. Final stand. We're with you, Eagles. Fly for us. And uh, if not, then uh, best of luck the rest of the season because I won't be handicapping your games. Oh, don't do that. Don't just throw them under the bus. All right. The Rams, I don't have to tell you, got back in a good way. Their get right game, their slump buster playing the Atlanta Their slump buster. That was a good slump buster. That was great for the offense to break out. It wasn't, I mean, you can't say it wasn't an impressive win. They beat the tar out of them, but it was awesome. I mean, it just, it just felt easy at times. It's like, oh shit, they're just going to score and score and score. And Atlanta could not help at all. You had the, you had the over. I love the over. It uh, probably should have cashed. That was pathetic on Atlanta's part. But the Rams look great. They go across the pond. This one is in Wembley, not at Tottenham. So grass, not turf. And this is a game I'm not betting because they're a big favorite. Cincinnati, I haven't made heads or tails of. I don't know the travel plans yet. If there's some sort of weird travel angle, we might get involved here. 
Wembley unders? Was that a thing? I can't remember what 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 it was in under and over. No, it was bet the over you get paid in Wembley. If in, Ta- if in Tottenham, Wembley, I mean, at, if at uh, Wembley, Twickenham, the game Twickenham, is played, bet the, bet the under game. Game. Bet. Yeah. 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 yeah, that was All a, right. the classic old child's run, yeah. Um, as the kids, the children of London. The children will sing, yeah. 48, that, <laughs> and um, this is a, uh, outside of a couple, totals have not moved a ton. No, no one's betting this week. Um, There's too many other sports, that, I think. Yeah, the Washington-Minnesota total moved two full points. Otherwise a half to one and a half is all the movement we've seen. We haven't had that big mover yet this week. And yep. this one's no different. It's sitting the market at makers are on by. Yep. They are on by this week. 48 <laughs> feels maybe a little low. Cincinnati yeah. isn't quite as hapless. Yes. That's so sad to say. Fuck. I'm just throwing shade at it. At, no, at Cincinnati is Cincinnati is Atlanta light. We've seen it. Yeah. Like, go look at what Arizona did. They played Cincinnati and Atlanta back to back weeks. They are they are at they are Atlanta light. This was an easy decision to lay the thirteen. I think the Rams absolutely blow them out of the water. I don't think this is particularly close. I think the fact that the Rams stayed east was good. They they've shortened their travel demands. Um, it's a one o'clock game, so it's not like it's even especially early for them. Um, they are clicking on all cylinders. They have added confidence. They, the organization bought in with to them by trading for Ramsey. They can play a defense they want to play. It's going to look a little different than Zach Taylor, who's familiar with the Rams, is going to ex- expect one thing. He may see something totally different. And um, Cincinnati has huge issues with injuries in their secondary. They have huge issues on their offensive line. Uh, Aaron Donald is going to be an absolute monster in this game. Fowler's going to be a monster in this game. Goff is going to be able to chuck it to his wide receivers at will. Um, I think the Rams have the potential to win by more than four touchdowns. I, this could be a total and complete blowout. Um, I think you know Cincinnati. What? We, we see yeah, those in London too. Last year was we a great him. example. You see him. The Rams you have might, done it in London. Man, you might have sold me on a pleaser. The Rams, Rams have done it in London. Rams they did it to the Cardinals. 19. The Rams beat the Cardinals by 33, if I remember correctly, uh, not that long ago on their last trip to London. I think they're trying to build a fan base there. I think they're trying to make themselves known to the EU audience. I think they're going to put their throat, their foot on the throat of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, so, yeah, Rams, give me all the Rams this week and then head into your bye uh, and position yourselves to try to make the playoffs. It's just going to be tough given that you're in such a tough division and tough conference. With that said... <laughs> A head-scratching decision by the New Orleans Saints to rush Drew Brees back in the Big Easy this week. This was setting up all week to be a spot to look for value potentially on the Cardinals. And I was like, yeah, okay, they might be a good spot. They're rushing Brees back. Now I'm like, now it's definitely a spot to look for value on the Cardinals. Because the likelihood that Brees is 100% after taking all of these weeks off I think is not 100%. Um, the likelihood that, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, you know, he, we know he, we know he was not playing spectacular quarterback, but he was playing well enough, not making mistakes, not doing, you know, not, uh, causing losses. And the rest of the team was playing up around him and really making up the difference. It really, you know, like it was a huge team effort to get all of those wins while Breeze was gone. I would say that this has all of the whiffs now of everyone exhaling. 
all you just carried your this team with all of your play for all of these weeks and you know no everyone doubted you the market doubted you no one was giving you credit now they all exhale exhale and this is not an opponent i think you really want to exhale against who's coming in hot who's coming in with confidence who's playing a different style of football than you're used to seeing week in week out this has all of the makings of arizona getting a cover I haven't placed the bet just because I don't have a solid read on Arizona. Do you think I'm off on this or do you think that Arizona is the look here? Ten and a half doesn't doesn't seem like the dumbest thing. It does feel like a letdown spot. Dumber to bet Arizona or dumber to bet Cleveland? (laughs) Because I bet Cleveland. (laughs) It might be dumber to bet Cleveland. Okay. Because just the way that offense operates, it feels like that's over under on pick sixes in that game should be one and a half. He's throwing mm. one. There will be yeah. a pick six. I'm calling it okay. today. Okay. Um, no, I don't. I don't mind this look. You're but, talking about Cleveland. No, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Cleveland. Okay. The Arizona okay. game. I think a little, a little more of a safer look. Getting the points. It does feel like, like a letdown spot. Like man, we. We made we it. Did it. We made it now, through the stretch. Yeah, we, we did it. We one. made it, guys. Let's let's not go do anything crazy. Let's let's just get this win. Let's go into the bye. Let's get our guy back. Yeah, yeah. It it does feel like uh, it's just giving him a little too much. It should be like nine, eight and a half, nine. Because I mean, the Cardinals should demand a little respect. Like we said, they played shitty teams, but they did it. It takes something to get that win. They have something that the Chargers don't even have. <laughs> just like getting it done late. Yeah, that's Stay, a great point. You know, just the the team has I don't know the the attitude to to pull out a win at the end of the game. Dude, do I add this to my card? I kind of want bad to. Teams. I mean, there are bad teams that are playing, but you still you got to start somewhere. They're better than last year. I might be adding this. They're getting healthy too. Like they're getting people back. Like they continue to get people back. And I, you know, Arizona has been on the road a lot lately. Maybe they are due for a down spot. This is a very tough atmosphere. It's a rookie and a super tough. Atmosphere. That, that's why I think I stay with this. Kyler Murray is a rookie and in the Superdome. Um, the fans are going to be fired the fuck up if Drew Brees is out there. The team might be fired up. I mean, Drew, we know Drew Brees is a master motivator. Maybe the team is doesn't let down. Maybe Brees how many does points not let does down. Arizona score? Uh, 20, 23 in that ballpark. Yeah. They're, I mean, their team total is going to be right around there. They're just, they're the, and whether you bet team total or the plus 10, 10 and a half, they're the kind of team that doesn't, like, they're yeah. not, they're not going to be, oh, we'll punt because we're down by 15. Yeah, you, true. true. They're, they're, they're going to be scrambling. Yeah, Kyler's going to be scrambling. They're going to be yes. chucking it there. Maybe, maybe, here's what I'll do. I'm going to just sit on this. I'm going to think about this some more. And I may watch the first half. And if it's in shooting distance, if they're down a little bit, but they're playing hard, I'll probably back Arizona in the second half. So that's probably my angle on this. I like that. That feels okay. good. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, it'd be it'd be good if Arizona was down by like you know seventeen and a half. Yeah, thirteen would be even nicer. Yeah, if they, yeah, if they were if they were just outside the t- the number. You know, and they were, and people were like, "Oh well, we gotta protect ourselves because people are gonna come and bet more Saints." You mm-hmm. know that that's the that's the time to get involved. I think. So. Yeah. Denver Indy. This is the one we talked about. Oh, you're a little. jumping way. You're jumping way down the card. Am I? Got, I? 
that, that time wise, but in the rotation number. Well, what's up with that? This is a one o'clock game. So I know the rotation numbers are goofy, but I'm going to go to Denver Indy because it's a okay. one o'clock game. Okay. Can, can we agree on it? Yeah. Are you gonna, will you allow it? I will. I'll let you switch your notes so you can find the per- right game. Allow. This is I don't have one. <laughs> my notes. Oh, excuse me. I, hey, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I, I need to go I'm, through my entire book. Hang on. So, hold on. Uh, I'm almost to the right page. Okay. Uh, there go you ahead. go. <laughs> go ahead. We. Yeah, you're sitting in a courtyard. <laughs> by a beanbag board. That's how professional. I have a piece of that. paper in front of me. I have, yeah, I have a little notebook. I keep some notes. Anyway, Denver Indy. This is one we talked about a little off the air while we were waiting for your phone to charge so we could record yep. this, and we disagreed here. And mm. I guess mm. I'm not going to mm. set this up as far as my take on this was a gross coaching mismatch. Yeah, versus a gross situational mismatch where it was an easy cross off for me. I don't get your play and I want you to defend it and then I'll rip it to shreds. Mm, okay. Well, uh, some of this, I have to give credit to my matchbook buddies talking about this this morning. Like as we were talking through it, it was all kind of pieces were coming together, like slow motion movie style. Like, Oh yes, of course. Like this, of course. Um, Denver metrically better than their record. I don't think anyone can deny that. Mm-hmm. Um, Denver can uh, run the ball. Indianapolis is vulnerable to the run. Denver can get after you uh, with their passing defense. Indianapolis just came off of a game where they finally let their quarterback throw the ball aggressively. And I think Frank Reich, as a guy that we know and respect, is one of the top three coaches in the NFL, clearly. I would expect that he puts um, Brissett back in the bottle. He says, okay, we're going back to the way we were winning before. Uh, we busted out our aggressive passing game against a poor pass defense, and it got us a, a very important win in division. Now we're going back to a little bit more conservative where our average depth of target is four or five yards down the field, and we're leaning on our running attack. And I don't think that works especially well when you have a Denver team that has 10 days to prepare for you and is coming into your home uh, off of an embarrassment in prime time. I think this is a good spot for Denver to be, you know, to, to be aggressive in their running attack. Uh, I think that they know that there are a couple of very straightforward things that they can do about how many steps that Flacco is taking in his drop back uh, to keep him from being um, aggressively sacked. Uh, I think that the limitations and injuries across the secondary for uh, Indianapolis are exploitable. This has all of the whiffs of week four where the Raiders went in there uh, and everyone, you know, had kind of the prior week, people were doubting the Colts. Uh, they were a little bit underpriced as a home favorite against the, the um, Falcons and they beat the doors off the Falcons. The next week, their inflated number uh, against the uh, Raiders, the Raiders come in and they punch them in the mouth. This has exactly that same setup on, you know, and in, in, in place here with a relatively young Colts team. I know they're well coached, but they're still young. Uh, they had their biggest win of the season last week, beating the Houston Texans at home. I think I, this week, really? potentially... I would think beating oh, Kansas yes. City, beating Kansas City would no. be way bigger. No I don't way. even care if it's a divisional game. No way. And they, they beat the champs. That had to be such a springboard to where they're at right now. No. I, I maybe, but they were imagine, heading into I their just, bye. Imagine they were, they were backing, heading into their bye. They played up. 
they this this uh, was this right. this this last week this last weekend I, i'm just telling you based on what they did offensively the fact that they took chances the fact that they asked Brissett to throw the ball down the field and make you know make difficult passes like all of that to me spoke to frank reich knew that that was a super important game to win and they won it and i don't know how you get your team up again uh, when they are now looking at themselves as clear favorites in this one and everyone's laughing about how many sacks Joe Flacco took and you just got embarrassed and we all know it. And you have extra time to prepare. <laughs> Take the points. This is just a bad situation. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, uh, that, okay, that's fair. I, I can I can get behind taking the points. Okay, because imagine. No, okay, I, okay, here's the thing. My here's one the, point I want to make quick. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Imagine taking Joe Flacco to win in this game with hooker coming back we would have said it we would have said it with Derek carr week four we would have you bet the colts in that game i Derek carr's playing much better than joe flacco no, no, i know but and at it's that a game, time, the game plan is beautiful at that for Derek time, carr. he's throwing his depth of targets like the length of his arm right now yeah now but at that time they had just gotten their beat you saw them get their brains beat in on the road against many uh, against the minnesota vikings and then they turned around the next week and they played up against the colts the colts were looking past them yeah i think we're just a little deep I, I, hopefully the colts learn from that we're a little deeper in the season we know what these teams are a little better i really think we had some poor poor reads on what denver was all about Okay. Denver, Denver is a okay. kind of a goofy team, and it turns out they have some half-decent offensive weapons, even after losing, apparently, a, a whole bunch of pieces. And Denver – or Oakland, excuse me. Oakland is – Oakland's like a 500 team, which is super goofy compared to what we were thinking in the offseason. But it just – take take the points here. I can, I can get behind taking okay. the points because, because – here, No, no, here's why I took the money line. A rookie head coach going – I thought okay. about it. I thought about it. Here's why I took the money line instead of the points. This is like – there's two outcomes here. Either the coaching mismatch disadvantage is the difference and they don't cover, or this is a low spot. Indianapolis underperforms and Denver steals a win. Like I, I like, I don't think this is a Denver's in control leading. Like, like Denver has to be leading most of this game if they're going to win. Right. Like, I don't think they're coming back if they're down by 10 points at any point in the first half, this is game over. They're not covering. Like, there's no way Flacco is throwing them back into this game. They have to abandon the run and lean on Flacco to get it done through the air. They are D-U-N done. But if they can come out early and be aggressive with the run and put some points on the board and put some pressure on Indianapolis, and, you know, Indianapolis has a game plan heading into this game that's more conservative than what we saw last week because they think they, you know, they're going to have a little tougher time with a much more complete pass defense. I think this is a, this is potential to go one of two ways. And I, I basically, I just, 30, you know, plus 200, or better for Denver in this game implies 33% win probability. And I'm calculating like 40 here. And I think that there is a reasonable likelihood that they come in and get the win. If in the 20%, you know, in the 60% chance that they get the loss, I'm seeing most of those losses by more than a touchdown. So this is, this is a broad distribution of outcomes where it makes more sense to me to back my line than take the points in my opinion. Sounds like you, I dare you then I dare you to also bet Indy minus five and a half then. Ah, <laughs> the Polish middle, huh? The Polish middle is presented. <laughs> You've just Polish made it quite middle. clear that it's it's quite it's quite safe to take either bet. Well, I would actually I, sell. I would sell up to Indy minus sell it seven, to eight minus seven. Make that yeah, middle maybe, huge. Yeah, yeah, no, no, let's yeah, get, no, no. Let, I wouldn't make the middle huge, but I would want a nice plus money payday on both yeah, sides. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, um, I, I anyway, I disagree, but. 
I'll put Indy. Here we go. I'll put Indy and Denver in a pleaser. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> That's wild. All right. No, you know, I'm joking. Good joke, please. Uh, uh, yes, obviously. Yeah, don't make that bet. <laughs> All right, out to the bay. Is it me? Uh, okay. Yeah, the uh, again, we're a little out of order here, man. You're throwing me all over the place. I thought it was Oakland, uh, Houston next. Okay, oh, Carolina. No, it is, it is Oakland. Oakland. It is Oakland. Oh, it's Oakland, Houston. Okay. Um, okay. So back a Bay team uh, in Texas. Uh, Houston's got all the mojo right now. Is uh, what's going on in the World Series game? By the way, so two. It two. is deuce, deuce, top deuces, five. deuces. Okay. Um, the the uh, back alive. Houston Texans need to get a win. They need to get right. We talked about it on Sunday. I thought about taking the points then. I mean, laying the points then because uh, at that time, I was like, Oakland stinks. They're on the end of their super brutal road trip. This is a go home, get away and go home and finally get rest and recover and finally play a home game type of game. Um, that said, you dive into the box score. Oakland was very competitive against that Green Bay team. That should have been a much closer score. They should have scored even more points, which then immediately leads you to, oh, I need to be looking at an over in this game. This could be really high scoring. Uh, Houston sustained some brutal defensive injuries, especially in their secondary. Their secondary wasn't good anyway, and they lost more guys. Uh, Oakland, on the other hand, is getting key pieces back on the offense, most notably tackle Trent Brown. Derek Carr, with time, can throw the ball down the field quite well. He's got guys. He's developing these young young receivers in a way that's extremely impressive. Um, I think Oakland can go toe-to-toe here for at least three quarters with Houston, which to me smells a hell of a lot like the game we saw between Atlanta and Houston where there were, what, 90 points? Uh, so this was an easy over for me at 51 and a half. I actually sold up to 53 and a half, getting a little frisky here. I think 54 points is a reasonable floor here to expect for this game. And uh, I think Deshaun Watson uh, comes out of this game when we're talking about maybe he's uh, should be given more credit for MVP because he just threw eight touchdown passes on an Oakland secondary that is very exploitable. He's um. aggressive. I like it. Um, yeah, from going from calling you an idiot to calling you a genius, this is one where we hard agree. I don't know if I'll sell quite that far. I'm not as I'm not as squirrely as you on some of that. Well, these totals are usually yeah, and once robust, well, yeah, yeah, and once yeah, I mean you're probably right. Once a total gets up past all the key numbers, it's a free for all. Sell it to sixty. Who gives a shit? Let's play the all. <laughs> Let's get weird. <laughs> there's there's some there's some new new spots of this one book we have that has some fun live and pregame alts that we can play I saw that. look at. Yeah. So yeah, not just the primetime games. Yeah. Not, yeah, not just the primetime like we had to do in the prop section. Anyway, yeah, Houston should or Oakland rather should have scored. I mean, at least a couple more field goals, if not a few more touchdowns. The old worst play in sports: the fumble through the end zone unless you have an under. Oh, the worst I mean, play just, in sports. Just, yeah, Oakland, Oakland, yeah, like you said, not only should have scored more, they probably should have been competitive in that game. They were really moving on that Green Bay defense. Houston did, I mean, do you want to talk about the trade and kind of what a weird dynamic that is? Yeah, I don't think I don't think it I, I don't, don't get think it. I don't think it? it plays a big part. Um, I've read this at numerous sources. He's better in man in a man scheme. Houston runs a shitload low more of a man scheme. So this was a win-win trade. It's kind of a win-win, I guess, but it's I still, had heard that I had heard from another source that he was going to get cut. At the end you know, of well, no, that, like, it's was, true. Like he, he, he grades out poorly. No matter where you look, he grades out poorly, but they don't run a scheme that 
you know, is to his benefit, to his strengths. Okay. He fits he fits better in Houston. It's probably win win. Oakland gets something for a guy that doesn't fit their defense. Houston gets a guy that fits theirs. Well, he's it bringing all that intel. Like, yeah, he's, he's bringing, bringing, and he's bringing, yeah. bringing that intel. Like, <laughs> hey, guess what? They're going to throw it this short. This is how you beat Oakland's defense. Don't just go and look at that Packers tape from last week. I got the secrets. Yeah, hey yeah, guys, no, they're gonna, they're going to throw it short, <laughs> but yeah, they they are a dink and dunk kind of team. Yeah, and yeah, mm-hmm. this this is an over. We agree on. Okay, um, going sticking with Bay teams, another uh, another dog spot that I really like here is Carolina. Um, I know I'm going up against the undefeated monsters from the uh, from from. Uh, what's the stadium in uh, Santa Clara called? I can't remember. The Field of Jeans. Believe I say. The uh, the the um the Field of Jeans hosting their triumphant undefeated Niners. Uh, Kyle Allen coming to town off a of bye, uh, having played in London two weeks ago. Christian McCaffrey off a of bye against a team that can be run on. Uh, I think that the front seven is very, very good for San Francisco, but if you really break it down, it's mostly their ability to get after you in pass, obvious passing situations. They can put enormous amount of pressure on you. I am very excited to see the matchup between Christian McCaffrey and um, Fred Warner. That's probably your key matchup of the game. I think people are a little bit overstating how great Fred Warner is. I think Christian McCaffrey with fresh legs is going to be super dangerous in this game. I think Kyle Allen is throwing very precise passes and can pick on some of the secondary limitations that the, that the Niners have. You know, the, the couple places you can hurt them on defense, I think Kyle Allen could take advantage of that. And on the other side of the ball, the Carolina Panthers have a ball hawking secondary. They can be scored on. They can, you know, they are boomer bust. They are going for the turnover and in sometimes in that same sentence, giving up, you know, a big play. Um, but Jimmy G can, you know, has been a little bit lackluster, a little bit um, under uh, underwhelming, unimpressive to this point in the season. He's thrown some sloppy picks and I think Carolina can take advantage of this. I think Carolina can score some points early. I think their defense can be a little bit aggressive and, and get some force some turnovers. And I think playing from ahead, I really like Carolina's opportunity to get a win here. Um, we saw them get back down from six to five and a half. If you got plus six, I would have said, yep, great bet. Good job. Um, I'm screaming. I'm, I'm grabbing a little money line here again, a, a plus 200 or better. I feel like their likelihood of winning this game is much higher than 33%. So give me the money line in this situation and uh, we'll see if San Francisco can remain undefeated in their toughest test to this point in the young season. I like the under. Under. Yeah, I like the under like too. you said. Like you said, um, well, in the <laughs> Niners, great pass coverage, great pass rush, not so great against the run. I think that would be my game plan: limit Kyle Allen, don't let his mistakes take you out of the game. Get it to McCaffrey quite a bit. The 49ers, Jimmy G, low key sucks. Like he, he's yeah. not great. He's kind of a, a middle of the road quarterback, which is crazy because he's. His like record as a starter is like thirteen and two. It's uh it's kind of wild because he's he hasn't had a great year. I think his touchdowns interceptions like seven to six. He's really relying on a good defense and he just doesn't make enough mistakes to really keep the games in any sort of doubt. I think the Niners get it done. I'm a little worried about all these money lines you're playing. Uh, and honestly, if you're gonna play him, might as parlay him. Let's get weird with it, but. I I think the game script kind of plays out like the Minnesota, but maybe without as big of a lead because I'm not I'm not sold on the Niners' offense, where it's it's a slow plotting game, 
And if the Niners do get out to a lead, it's going to be a even slower plotting game. Because if you have to rely on Kyle Allen to try to beat that pass rush, to beat that pass coverage, it's going to be a bad time for you. So the the Carolina defense is probably the key here. If they can keep the Niners down and they can keep it close and you're not going to have to rely on Kyle Allen to mount a comeback, then your money line's live. And that's where I'm just – I'm excited about this. It's it's actually been bet up a little. This is another one under 42 that's making the card for sure. Yeah, that's a strong take. And I, I agree. The under has life there. And uh, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, probably should have gotten involved in that instead of playing – the Cleveland Browns who are going to Foxborough, not the kind of place you want to be coming off the bye when you're two and five or what are they two? Are they two and five or two and four? The two and four probably, right? It's only played. They only played six games. Um, two and four team looking to take their fifth, li- fifth loss with the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield um, having the biggest step backwards of all of the young quarterbacks across the NFL, because we had basically vaunted him into, yeah, you can contend for uh, a conference title race. I mean, we didn't, not us personally, but the, you know, the, the public at large thought he was good enough to contend. Um, turns out, no, he's pretty sloppy. We knew that uh, we were on his wins and interceptions over um, for the season. In fact, interceptions leader two uh, two positions, which are very much alive. And one of them, which we might cash, in week eight through seven games because oh um, he's going up against the all-universe, one of the best ever, if not the best ever, pass defenses from the New England Patriots. They have so, so, so many guys who are playing at an all-pro level at like all-pro defense, you know, defensive backfield in the NFL right now is probably what, five? Uh, you know, linebackers, safeties, and cornerbacks, five, safe, five Patriots probably. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane how um, impressive these guys have played to this point in the season. Um, are we overreacting, by the way, about New England's defense being all universe? Because we they are played some a little pretty damn bad teams. It's always it's just like everything else in life, in handicapping, and in everything there is. It's not black and white. You can say, "Oh, the Patriots haven't played anybody," and they haven't. <clears throat> but that said, they embarrassed those nobodies. <laughs> yes. The Pittsburgh Steelers are plus seven in turnover differential, which is second best in the league. Crazy. Imagine if they hadn't played the Pittsburgh, played hadn't played Patriots. Yeah, that's true. The Patriots are number one in the league with plus fourteen. Mm. They have eighteen interceptions so far. Wow. Eighteen. The Forty Niners. The Forty Niners only intercepted two passes last year. <laughs> In a whole in a whole season, for that have the matter, Patriots had at least two interceptions every game. I, I they've only played that. seven games. They've they only played 18. seven games. They're averaging they more eight. than the, They're averaging more than the Niners had in a season. Oh, oh my, my god, god, that's a hell of a way to say it. Yeah, <laughs> Miami only has one pick. The Falcons, the Bengals. There's a bunch of teams that only have one or two. The Cardinals have only intercepted one ball. <clears throat> the Patriots have eighteen. And we have the leader in the clubhouse so far for interceptions thrown. He makes some bad decisions. There was a lot of comparisons to Brett Favre, and he still has a high upside. I'm not selling Baker Mayfield down the river quite yet, but he makes some shitty decisions. And if he does that, he is going to throw some touchdowns to the wrong team 
And for mm-hmm. that reason, I cannot take all those points. Yeah. Again, kind of on the theme of last stands, this is the last weekend for a while. Oh, it's a big game for him. This is the last weekend for I mean, it's a big game for him. And I'm not necessarily standing with Cleveland as much as I am like sticking with my Patriots. They're good. They're great. They're all time great, but they can still be scored on if you have a dynamic set of weapons. Um, I'm going to look for Cleveland to get into the 17 to 20 point range here, but even more so than that, I think it's pretty reasonable to expect that the Patriots offense is still not clicking. Cleveland's getting a full, healthy complement of players back. They have a pass rush that's going to finally be able to put a little bit of pressure on Brady. Uh, they have some cover corners who have been missing last handful of weeks, which has put extra pressure on the, the Browns offense. Um, the coaching mismatch is probably one of the greater mismatches that we will see all season. I understand that. Yeah, um, I'd say outside of uh, the Reich... Fancy mismatch. <laughs> no, but I mean you. That is a super good point. Kitchens is a little bit lost. He's a little stubborn right now. And then you've yeah. got then you've got the master, the it's greatest not, of all it's time. Not fun. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, that makes me a little nervous for sure. But thirteen points is too many. Um. We had this lined up for a couple of weeks where we looked down the schedule and we thought this is kind of the right spot to look for a team to actually test the Patriots. Uh, we got over our skis last week thinking it was the Jets that were going to give them that first test and their offense that looked like they had some life all of a sudden. Uh, turns out, no, uh, it was not the Jets. Uh, they had 10 days to prepare for the Jets and they were utterly superlative in every phase. Um, even still, though, like the offense didn't put up great numbers, but they didn't have to. So maybe they do have some extra gear that we haven't seen yet. Um, they have six days to prepare for a team that is coming off with bye. I think that levels the playing field from, you know, 99th percentile to 30th percentile. I think that closes the gap to say 95th percentile to 45th percentile, whatever the case is, 13 points, I think is a little too many. I'm involved here on, the side of the Browns and I'm either going to look real stupid for going up against the Patriots again or real smart for selling pet pats at the right time. Um, probably should have just stayed away from this game entirely, but uh, one final stand thinking it's time to sell the pats for me. Yeah, that's my plan to stay away entirely. <laughs> just, it feels, it feels like the sharp side. It feels like the right side, but man, it just takes, it takes one bad decision and Gilmore is housing one and that's rough and we don't need that. Yeah. So Yeah. We do you think uh, a shitty, another shitty game? What, what else you got there? I was going to say, do you think that there's any chance that the Patriots get beat? I mean, we wouldn't have said that the Browns were going to go in and beat the Ravens week three. They did. They beat him convincingly. Like when the Browns play up, they play up. They can they can play well. Yeah, I wanna I keep thinking about that game and I didn't That was week four, excuse me. It's still such a weird still such a weird game. Can all things considered where we're at right now. It is. Yeah. I wanna I kinda wanna watch that one again, the shortened version. Just mm. to figure out what, the, what they did right to get that, because that's the Browns we expected. Uh it's it's I made the joke. Like when Baker couldn't find, 
you know, water standing in the middle of the ocean when he was throwing the ball. I'm like, I just needs a couple, <laughs> a couple of Pro Bowl receivers, and he'll be right as rain. <laughs> they should be, they should be better offensively. They should. It's such a weird mess. Yeah, hard skip for me. Okay. As right. is as is Sunday night, unless yeah. I see something. I'm just gonna play the side boss contest. Yeah, that's a good call. I too am going to play the side boss contest. Will how much does that cost? Uh, I believe it's free. The low, low price of zero dollars to enter the side boss contest. And guess what? If you don't want to take a position on a shitty game with a huge question mark on one side of the you know, one side of the field, uh, then you can enter a free contest where you pick props and you could, you know, you have your choice of 20 different selections and you can pick the 10 that you have the highest confidence in. It is a great way to get engagement in the game and have some fun in these primetime spots when you don't otherwise have a bet, which I will not in this game. That said, is there a handicap here? Of course. Is Does it make sense to you, Andy, first and foremost, that this total uh, has moved from 48 to 47 and a half when the uh, line flipped from KC minus three to Green Bay minus four on the news of the unlikely, the unlikely um, play from Pat Mahomes? Yeah, this is one where we talked about it just real lightly. And it was, oh, yeah, the, you know, the side flip, obviously. You obviously. have Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's just the, the most obvious flip ever. You're going from a very, very high-end quarterback to a backup. And it doesn't matter how good he is. The other one was last year's MVP. The total remained the same, which I guess, and we kind of fleshed it out, was not only will, you know, will Kansas City score fewer points, It'll also allow Aaron Rodgers to score more. Again, he'll have the ball more. There'll be less time of possession for for KC, I guess. It was just kind of a weird thing where the, it was a flip where the total didn't move an inch, not a half point. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it says Green Bay's going to score some points if we're not going to drop that. If you're not dropping the total for, for uh, Pat Mahomes leaving a game at all, you're saying Green Bay is going to get some points. It's Green Bay or nothing, and we missed the boat. So I'm sitting out playing the side boss contest. Like our good friend Tizd, who won some cash last week. I forget. We should have shouted him out earlier. Yeah, Tiz. Tiz. Um, congrats. Congrats. It's, uh, it's, it's actually um, – uh, we got to look it up. I'll give him a, a true shout out in a second as we kind of get through the rest of this game. Uh, any chance that uh, Andy Reid makes Matt Moore look kind of good? I mean, we know that Andy Reid has done it in the past with the likes of Ty Detmer uh, went down. McNabb was hurt. We, he turned Alex Smith into a serviceable uh, quarterback. Like, is this um, another opportunity for Andy Reid to prove that he's got a little bit of magic in that uh, in that big old gut of his? Yeah. It, it still does. You know, you lost Mahomes, but you still have the rest of the team. There's still a lot of good weapons on that team. And if they can play to his strengths and not, you know, the going in mid game like that is always tough going in cold. Like he said, there was that interview where he said to an, uh, you know, a reporter, I haven't had any snaps. I'm not getting any reps. Cause I mean, why would you, I guess, but getting him a week of practice, I guess with those weapons, they'll still score. Uh-huh. Like, I'm tempted. I'm actually tempted by this over. Kind of right. I am kind of 
I, I want to kind of watch this one play out a little before I get involved. But if it keeps okay. dropping, if if under money keeps coming in, fuck it, I'll be the buyback. Yeah. Well, congratulations to Teddy the Kraut last week. Uh, when he was, he's he is by far the best of the respondents across all three weeks. Did you see that? Like the gross, the like the um, cumulative leaderboard, he's killing. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if Teddy the Kraut takes home the week eight contest because he's on fire. He hit nine out of 10. We, uh, to this point in the contest, if you are not winning nine, if you're not getting nine, right out of 10, then you don't stand a chance. So, uh, sharpen up your game folks, uh, or invite more of your stupid friends. One of the two, um, either way, uh, I don't have a sense that Aaron Rodgers and green Bay are going to be taking this game as seriously with the news of the injury. I think they're just going to try to get in and out of town and steal a win. Uh, I wouldn't lay the points in this situation at all, but that said, I can't trust what, Matt Moore is bringing to the table after the limited uh, exposure we had to him last week. He had one nice deep ball to tie Hill. The rest of it was pretty hot trash. So, uh, and I know he didn't have a bunch of first team reps, but um, it still is, uh, still is a little dicey. Um, so sounds like a good opportunity just to play some props and have some fun. Andy, shall we wrap week eight in the books? Let's wrap it. Let's, uh, oh, shout God. out to Kyrie Irving. For, he dropped a 50 burger tonight. I didn't even realize that. Kyrie Irving, good job. 50 points. 0-1. <laughs> well done, Kyrie. The earth is round, and you are scoring 50 burgers. Good, good stuff. And our boy, um, MVP, Ben Simmons, didn't ooh, take a was, three. He was nice. He was oh, nice. He, did? he didn't take a three? He did not take a three. One of these oh. days. So. I'm going to take an, looks like I'm going to take an L finally. Um, I don't think Denver Portland over is going to get there, but uh, nice start to me for the uh, NBA season so far. So pretty excited about that. Andy, best of luck in week eight. I have a fucking huge card and I don't feel great about it, but uh, NFL is winding its way through your season and it's a grind and we're ahead. So let's get after it. 